You're listening to The Propaganda Report with Monica Perez and Brad Binkley. In today's episode, we talk about how Facebook is the equivalent of the Borg from Star Trek, the importance of self-reflection for the progress of humanity, what to expect in 2017, and much, much more. Here's Monica and Brad. This is episode 20 of the Propaganda Report, is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's 20. It's a milestone, I guess. It is a milestone. It's a, and I, some of those are the WSB show, which I think is a fun change of pace. Yeah, I get to hear from callers. I love that. I have been told by people in radio that I have the smartest callers in radio. That it actually, people have given me like a pass for having a show that's a little too, you know, <laughs> not the easiest show to follow in the world because obviously people are following it and raising me one because of the great calls. You have a very intellectual audience. I do have people who think outside the cave. They don't just accept prepackaged conclusions from a news network. They ask questions. <laughs> They have answers. All right. So tomorrow, or it won't be tomorrow by the time people hear this, but Saturday, January 7th, on my show on WSB, it's going to be the predictions for 2017. And a lot of times the people who call or tweet or whatever are the ones who come up with the best stuff. I got some good stuff a few years ago about Russia as a rising threat. From one of my callers. It was good. I actually play, replayed that call on the air. Was it Mitt Romney? It was not Mitt Romney. It was, I think it might have been before Mitt Romney. Is that even possible? Wow. Was I Mitt, even on the air yeah. before Mitt Romney? I don't know. So uh, so that's what I uh, – let's talk about what our predictions are for 2017. And also, I had a lot of predictions for 2016 – but <laughs> who wants to hear them when the big ones, the important ones, are dead wrong? But I had some really good ones. I had many, many, and I picked out the ones that I thought were most interesting and continuing. So we can we can kind of mix and match that. Yeah. Uh, what What were some of your predictions that turned out to be true, and, and what do you think they mean for 2017? Well, let me look at my notes. Um Okay, so the one, the absolute one that I get so much email about that people are like, wow, you called that. And I actually called this several years ago, many facets of it, and they continue to unfold. A couple of years ago, when pot was first legalized in the first state, like maybe it was Colorado or it was on the ballot, I said that pot is from what you can tell, 70% of worldwide illegal drug revenue. And given that the CIA pays for its black ops by the drug trade, as we learned in Iran-Contra, by eliminating the pot trade, they either have to replace it with something or have fewer black ops, and I thought they would do both. So they would replace it with heroin. And then that's why I predicted at the beginning of last year, especially this, uh, that because I could see the news stories building up and building up about the heroin ap- epidemic kind of morphed yeah. into the opioid epidemic. So I knew they have to replace it with something. And the way they do that is they actually advertise it by calling it an epidemic. So I remember the crack epidemic exploded in New York 
And the governor was on the TV all the time saying this crack stuff. This is really crazy. I mean, people just get hooked minute one and everyone's like, really? So everybody goes and tries it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm not kidding. So that was a big thing. And then I also said at the same time, maybe the CIA will be wound down and the NSA, which has a blank check. So the CIA has to get its operations funded. And when it can't, it uses illegal funding. But the NSA gets a blank check. So if they take over, you know, if intelligence moves from on the ground to cyber or whatever, you can replace a lot of the CIA stuff with NSA stuff. So so that was something that was happening then. And I see that continuing on all fronts so that when Trump is going to sit down and restructure intelligence, he's going to make it smaller, more streamlined, closer to the vest. It's going to report directly to him. People aren't really going to know what's going on. You're going to wind down the CIA, uh, you know, a bit and increase the the NSA. And then also with the opioid stuff, they're going to continue to pull back on writing prescriptions, which is going to get people to do illegal drugs. But they're going to put a lot of money into rehab. And it may even fold into another prediction I had about increasing crime or perceived increases in crime so that if you have drugs creating crime, then because I observed a while ago that Nixon and Bloomberg got so much political mileage about being law and order candidates long before Trump said anything like that. I mean, years ago, then I thought this amazing decrease in crime over the past 20 years since Clinton and the contract with America had this awful like three strikes you're out and mass incarceration all that stuff actually seems to me to have really uh, depressed the crime rate unbelievably. So I saw with the Ferguson effect, with the pullback of the cops, that that was going to uh, either really increase crime or at least give talking points to increase crime. And that would be a big political spur to give the government more power, more money. And that stuff is big on my kind of continuing expectations a timeline horizon from like the last year to this year. And oh, what, the other one, the last one, big, big one. I've got a bunch. Well, the of- first two. So the first two was you, you called the heroin yes. epidemic and the increasing crime rate, yes. like the Ferguson effect. Yes. And All the right. intelligence thing was part of that drug thing. And okay. then the other one was a crackdown on the press. And I thought right, that, yeah. that terrorism was going to be used as a way to label uh, to curtail free speech by saying you're a terrorist and what you say is terrorism and not free speech. But I, I didn't see the fake news thing. I didn't see it as like an act of war from Russia that I did not see. But I saw a real crackdown on the press coming. Yeah. The heroin thing is interesting. Well, I mean, it's all interesting, but like I, I go to Starbucks a lot and it's like a Starbucks is like a coffee shop. I mean, of course, it's like a coffee shop. Obviously, Starbucks is like an office for people who do like freelance work, entrepreneurs, and people who are just out of work and tell people they're entrepreneurs. And a lot of times, the bathrooms in the Starbucks downtown are like somebody will go in there and they'll be in there for like four hours, and they'll pass out or they'll overdose on heroin in the Starbucks bathroom. That was an epidemic in the in one of the Starbucks that I used to go to downtown. People were found overdosing on heroin like a couple of times a month. 
that totally folds into my one of my predictions for 2017 is a crackdown on bathrooms. And I'm not kidding. I had already had it on my list that the two last bastions of privacy in this country are lawyers, like your law firm, and the bathroom. They're the two places where they really don't there isn't a systematic surveillance apparatus in place that's gotten the consent of the people, bathrooms and lawyers. I saw two articles about lawyers in the Wall Street Journal on how hacking and insider trading and uh, crime and um, all this dangerous stuff was happening because law firms had privacy. And I and I thought with the transgender bathrooms that if you allowed to mix sexes in the bathroom, it no longer is a bastion of privacy. And then today's gunman in Fort Lauderdale went into the bathroom to load his gun. So uh, I was like, like wow, women's. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're all going to be wired up. So the, the heroin thing could also be part of surveillance in the bathroom because you can still go into a bathroom and expect to have a private conversation. You look around, they are not, you certainly can't see any cameras in there. I mean, goodness. you go in there and find a date now because it doesn't matter. Yeah, they could be. They'll, they'll, Starbucks will move into the bathroom the way like your party is always in your kitchen, whether you want it or not. (laughs) Yeah. The other day, I went into the bathroom of a pizza place and there. Ping pong? It was, yeah, ping pong pizza. They were, uh, there was some guy in the stall screaming menacingly. I ran out of that bathroom and I thought, is this a transgender? A situation, but I think he was just uh, inebriated one way or another, and they chased him out of there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that so the this guy at the Fort Lauderdale airport, there were a couple of things that I noticed. The thing about the bathroom, another thing that I had in my predictions for 2017 which I think this is going to play into. My actual prediction said, oh, where's my stuff? I don't even know. Um, my prediction said they were going to, oh, sorry, honey, I got my wrong pages here. Here it is. I'm not organized right now. Normally I'm highly organized. It's the new year. Give it's yourself the... <laughs> a break. I keep writing 2016 on my checks. Okay, so it says it. I, I had written this for 2017. Uh, what's the? I wrote what false flags will this administration have? Uh, I wrote mass shooting question mark gun rights curtailed watch list no fly list increased maybe start with Muslims but spread to domestic terrorists the mentally ill convicts and vets with a psychiatric history. They might even call it the Chris Kyle law. That, so when did you say that? I wrote this in my notes for tomorrow's show. Okay. But I wrote well, that. This guy, this guy's a vet and he yeah, had a went military to an, ID. Yeah. Yeah. He went to an FBI oh, yeah. office recently yeah. and said that he was hearing voices telling him to join ISIS. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that plays into the mentally ill thing, the military ID, but the fact that, the FBI always has contact with these people ahead of time. Reminds me of when Judge Napolitano did like his last show on Fox and then he was abruptly canceled was how the FBI is responsible 
for almost all terrorist attacks in this country. They're almost always radicalized by the FBI. They're all these sting operations and that they don't actually happen without this intercession by the FBI. So when you see people like him or Omar Mateen who have had a lot of interaction, you you have to wonder if they are MK Ultra kind of thing. You know, if you look up Operation MK Ultra on Wikipedia, it was a CIA mind control operation. Yeah. And the Navy Yard shooter said the same thing. He heard voices. That has to be the most common theme throughout every event is that they always meet with the FBI or the FBI always interview them. Right. Just stay away from the FBI and you won't be. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. The Jihad John, who decapitated people in the Middle East, supposedly with the British accent, actually interviewed to be an MI6 agent and didn't do it. He chose to be an ISIS operative instead. And you just have to wonder. Did he get the offer for the MI6? Well, they say he didn't. You know what I mean? Like, they say he didn't. (laughs) But you might wonder if this, like, the underwear bomber. Yes. The underwear bomber, the second one, the first one probably too, but the second underwear bomber was also an MI6 agent. Really? Yes. And that was that big thing where they were hacking, where the U.S. government was hacking into journalists' emails. It was after somebody blew the whistle on that and said uh, this was a guy who had been an FBI investigator on the Oklahoma City bombing. He saw this underwear, two come down, and he blew the whistle on it, I think, because he didn't want to see anybody get hurt. And then... They said, oh, it's okay. Nobody would have gotten hurt because we were all over it. And uh, we, it was a sting operation, but I don't think so. I mean, I think it was a false flag operation. And then that guy, the whistleblower, went to jail for kitty porn. That's In- what they're going to get everybody on, really. <laughs> yes. they, they have The FBI has just an endless amount of kitty porn stored, and they can just pin that on anybody. Yeah, and it was even described in the Wall Street Journal as a bizarre coincidence that he happened to be, you know, they happened to be investigating him for kiddie porn when they discovered that he was the whistleblower. Well, what a terrible job to have at the FBI. Well, I mean, they should give that job to, oh, to Podesta, guys who like you know? It. <laughs> yeah, let Podesta work in the oh, FBI yeah. kiddie porn room. Yeah, <laughs> some people think the fact that the FBI runs actual kitty porn websites is in itself a crime because they do replay actual kitty porn. It's a, it's an absolutely it's a crime. So can we talk about what I think some of the things that are going to come out of this yeah. Fort Lauderdale shooter and what you think? I just have yeah, a few yeah. things. Uh, he came through Canada. That's an ex- an important part of the meme. And what I, I believe this is going to lead to a call for international standards and international enforcement of those standards have surveillance. I mean, the surveillance in Europe when you're in the airport is unreal. It's so annoying. It's so oh, inefficient. But I think there's going to put pressure on other countries to increase that. The... Uh, there, there was. They, I heard a guy, a on the scene guy, talking to a cell phone to Shep Smith. I just by coincidence, I guess this guy had. I got through to Shep Smith on the air today. It was actually WSB played it on the Sean Hannity show, where the guy was saying shots are ringing out. They're saying there's a second shooter in the parking garage. They're telling us to get down. 
there are people with gunshot wounds in the head all around me right now. Uh, and the guy was like super freaking out. And then the official story is there was only one shooter. So either that guy was fake, you know, and the, and the official yeah. story is that police did not fire any guns. So it's not like the second shooter is actually a cop. Now, they'll, they might just change that story when they realize it doesn't make sense. But they're always there's always multiple shooters, and then it comes down to one shooter. I actually had that as a prediction a couple of years ago and have had yeah. the occasion to replay it a couple of times because that's always the way it works. You know, but what you said about the caller potentially being fake, too, that that's also a possibility that it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they were doing that on purpose just to cause the confusion. Because when you see a story like that, you know that you can call in and claim to be in the midst of it, and you're going to get airtime. Yeah, and you weren't really hearing anything I, I don't remember hearing anything in the background from this guy you, that would make it feel authentic. I don't know. It sounded authentic until he started to panic in a real live situation where there are more gunshots being fired. Like that just didn't make sense because they'd already told him the area was clear, secured. Uh, and he's like, it took forever for the cops to get here, which is impossible to believe. <laughs> At an it's airport. that intentional confusion, intentional bewilderment that we talk about a lot, just just keeping people so confused and bewildered by all the information that comes from them, from the media, that, that we can't tell which way is up. Yes, yes. And so I used to think it was a flaw or something they just knew we wouldn't get past, all this mumbo-jumbo, all the confusion. But now I actually believe that it's uh, – it just is targeting a segment of the population, a huge segment, who will get mired in the conflicting details. It's fascinating. It's what I labeled as a glossary entry on my website, truth porn, truth porn. And then I, yeah. I read an article in Global Research that I sent to you earlier today where the guy discusses journalism porn, where it's where it's just – not even journalism. It's just these news stories that keep you kind of titillated and then don't pay off. I don't know. I'm not a, a fan of porn. That sounds well, there's, like a some, there's something called information gap theory. Oh, where we always great. we always want to know more information. And with the Internet giving us access to unlimited information, whether it's bogus or real, we, we can continue to to try and satisfy this. It's impossible to satisfy um, information gap because in, until we know you know what the entire universe is, we're always going to have a gap in our information. So we can keep ourselves occupied and, and and continuing to satisfy that need. They're trying to anyway. And it's are a you saying control us? Well, I'm saying they they know that we have a desire to to get information, to find the answer, to to learn the truth about the the world around us, and just by overwhelming us with information and always keeping us a little bit unsure of what's going on, it, they can just keep us locked into the grid, searching for information, trying to find the answer without really uh, looking to see what's going on in the reality around us. That's interesting. That may fold into something that you emailed me earlier today about how people are totally controlled or on the way to being controlled by social media. And my problem with Absolutely. it is how, to, how do you keep them engaged? Because eventually it's just boring. And I thought maybe it's only going to be targeted to young people who have nothing else to do. But maybe well, yeah. it's that it, maybe they're good at the tease 
Well, that's the I mean, that's the challenge of getting people who didn't grow up with, you know, the kind of technology that we have right now. Kids, I mean, there's so many different games and, and things that you can do on devices that, that they can keep them engaged endlessly. I mean, they'll never look away. It, the It's getting older generations engaged, and that's what they're – or generations who aren't used to the internet getting them engaged, and that's what they're trying to do oh. in these parts of the world that are not yet connected to the internet. They're, they're trying to connect it to if, – if we can get you guys connected to the internet one way or another, it's going to enable us to, to get you water easier because of this technology. What, what, they're using these, these needs that people can relate to to get them locked into the, to the, the grid, the Borg, and, and then <laughs> keeping them endlessly connected. The email that she's referring to – I said in it that basically the the goal was to get everybody in the world connected to the internet because they've proven through the internet that they can cause big groups of people to repeat the same ridiculous story without asking any questions, without even questioning it to a whole bunch, just disseminate it to everybody. So um, create an echo chamber, a thoughtless echo chamber of mass groups of people, and by getting the entire world connected to it, they essentially create the Borg. Because they can relate, they can reach well, everybody. What's the, Borg? And they can, the Borg is from Star Wars, or not Star Wars, Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, the yeah. next generation. <laughs> yeah, the next generation, and um, uh, the one with Janeway also. The Borg's in that one. Deep Space Voyager. Nine. Voyager, Voyager, oh. yeah. And the Borg is basically everybody has the same thoughts, everybody has the same mind, everybody is one. Um, there is no individuality, and they just control masses, mass amounts of people through. And they assimilate one them, voice. like when yeah, they, they conquer you, they assimilate you into the Borg, and you become a cyborg, right. like half your old self and half yeah. the new thing. And that's what we're becoming. Your observation about that is interesting. Oh well, they call that the singularity. Like that's a real people are really right. worried about that. But before we move on. That what you're talking about solves a problem for me because I was thinking that the mainstream media has an absolute iron grip on the opinions of people. I would say anybody older than me is, I mean, you can't. Anybody over when 29? I, I, <laughs> Yes, under 20. I know I'm 40 something and I always will be. So don't ever ask me that again. <laughs> so, uh, the anybody older than I am is going to be a. You, you just, I try to figure out what's really going on and I really try to puzzle about what's really going on. I would say the majority of people older than I am. Don't even think there's something to, you know, you, you're, you, you actually have to stop at square one and be like, the mainstream media is not telling you the truth. Like they, there's no repercussions. Like they think there are repercussions. When Shep Smith says something that's not true, they think that Putin is going to sue him and win and get a retraction on air in prime time, just like, and that's just not happening. So to try to get them to realize that that stuff is fake is the problem just to start out with. So you're never you're never convincing them that the Republican Democrat thing is a sham. None of that. However, right. I so I was like, how how are they really going to replace that? And I guess I'm saying people, everybody younger than you, you know, like 13 and below, are yeah. gonna, that's not going to be a problem the because tweeters. they're totally assimilated. The tweeners, they're totally assimilated into the Borg. And then I guess there's this dead zone between us where, you know, maybe it includes us 
where you can it, it can kind of go either way. But I would say most of the people I run into, the moms and the whatever, uh, soccer, <laughs> you know, the bleachers are not they I would say maybe ten percent or twenty yeah. percent when I start talking, they're just not like you're crazy. And that's what they talk about in those articles about how to get everybody engaged in the entire world connected to the internet is how to engage the different groups of people who are not currently engaged, who do not believe they need it, who don't see a, a reason for it. Can't they just write off the olds though? You're saying do they I? have to bring, you're saying they have to bring the olds on. They you know, can't get they just let on. the raisins die? I guess they can, but ideally they, they want – I mean they want everybody locked in moving forward because any segment of the population that's not locked in is not is not subject to the biggest propaganda machine that's ever existed, the internet. So they're not affected by it. So they got to be locked into it to be affected by it. This it so folds into that when I was telling you I met this chick whose husband – husband – she was seeing a homeless guy who had a phone. She was dating a homeless guy. Yeah, it was a strange encounter, but um, I mean, you got to have a certain level of confidence to be homeless and still be picking up chicks. Oh, and and he wasn't nice to her either. It was like this. It was like, honey, you really <laughs> have to <laughs> avoid. I'm that not guy. getting a house for you. <laughs> no, it's not good. So, so, but the other, so the Obama phone, the fact that they gave everybody like HDTVs. The right complained about it like it was some welfare program, but of course it wasn't. I wonder if even cash for clunkers was just a way to get rid of dumb cars. Yeah, they're they're trying. Yeah, yeah. They're Facebook has something called Facebook Zero, where they're trying to like a, they have a plan to connect the entire world to the they uh, they have an active plan where they're trying to assimilate the entire world into the the Facebook Borg, and they like got like. An entire con- – not a continent, but I can't remember what country it was, but they got like an entire country that wasn't connected, connected in like under 18 months. I'd have to go back and look at the story, but it's called Facebook Zero. You know, speaking of like entire populations, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I, I just have to get this off my chest. There's a – I've seen this number repeatedly that 200 million people registered to vote. 200 million people. Now, I got to see if I have my my notes, which are just scribbled on the bottom. Oh, look at that right there on top. Scribbled on the bottom of the newspaper. I do my best thinking on the margins of the newspaper, which just infuriates my <laughs> husband. <laughs> so you really cannot read a newspaper after I'm finished with it. Absolutely yeah. not. So, but I, I just did some math on the bottom of the newspaper and... It's the total population of the U.S. is around 320 million. There's 74 million kids and uh, 16 million adults who are not citizens, I guess. Anyway, I uh, this is a big mess here. But <laughs> there are apparently, according to my calculations, 230 million voters eligible voters and 200 million registered say say that number again 230 million all right there are 320 million people and 90 million are on not eligible to vote because they're too young or they're not citizens that gets you to 230 million 
and then 200 million were registered to vote, which gets you the so that's the official numbers is 87 percent. But I wow. think that illegals number is too low. I think it's closer to 22 million people who are non-citizens. So I think it's that means there are even fewer eligible voters and that the voter registration rate was 93 percent, which <laughs> is close to the percentage for drivers, like almost as many people registered to vote as drive a car, even though the actual votes are only about 130 million. So what I think is going on is, I, I mean, I think that is some evidence of election fraud. And you could look at it from either way. Uh, Trump says that all these people, these illegals are are voting. And I would say, if you look at those numbers, you have to think that illegal people were voting or at least registered to vote just because the voter registration number is just too, too high as a percentage of eligible, eligible voters. Or they just made people up in, yeah. you know, for Trump. Like, I, I don't know either way you want to go, but there's just something super screwy about, in my opinion, the, uh, the idea that 200 million people registered to vote. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I'm sure there's election fraud. There's <laughs> so, no, there's no but telling. everyone to be plugged in is amazing to me. And I know it does seem like a high number, yeah. doesn't it? It doesn't seem right. But also like with that, everybody has a cell phone. And everybody is connected. That's a yeah. big push. So maybe a big push can get people. Yeah, look into that stuff. Facebook Zero thing. Anybody who's listening and Facebook's plans for connecting the entire world to the internet. It's, I mean, it's it's very like it's very like evil take over the world type stuff. In my opinion, I'll put some of the links in the description or whatever. And they go into other countries and they introduce this too. And yeah. I was I was. In an Uber, the driver was Ethiopian, and he said, "The what happens with aid?" Because I asked him immediately. Like, so I, I don't think I've ever been in an Uber where I haven't immediately started to pick the guy's brain about whatever country he's from or what he thinks of the government or his personal experience. I love Uber for that reason. I really, it's like a cross section of humanity you can really have, and they have to be nice to you because if you're not perfect, you don't get a perfect score. So I love it. So this guy was saying how for so the they have, they have to talk to you. They have to, and they have to be polite, <laughs> even if I totally offend them. They have to. So he was saying that seventy percent. I don't know where he got this number. I meant to press him for his source, but <laughs> he said seventy percent of the fee of the foreign aid is administrative costs. So if you give $100 million to Ethiopia, $70 million is just t getting Americans, paying for Americans to go over there and do their work, quote. And he said, and then they take the rest and they give it to people who are buying into what they're selling. So they literally try to just shape who's prosperous, who's influential, what their Wait, who, ideology who's giving, is. Who's giving the money to them? So it's foreign aid, U.S. foreign aid to other countries. Because okay. this is the thing. People, we give foreign aid. And as a libertarian, of course, I object to that. It's a way like, to control. It's, it's even worse, yeah, than just giving them money. It's a way – because I've – Ethiopians I've talked to always say – because when I was growing up, when I was a little kid – Ethiopia was in a terrible famine. That was like, you'd see ads for it all the time. Ethiopia, Ethiopia. And I always ask Ethiopians, oh my gosh, like you're, 
had that terrible famine. And they always say, like, no, not really. I was totally exaggerated. And I wondered why. Why was it exaggerated? And then I realized it's to justify foreign aid. And the foreign aid isn't to feed them because the problem isn't as bad as we're told. It's to influence their governments. And then I realized, you know, after talking to enough of these people, or I think that that's what all foreign aid is for. Sometimes it even goes to like the warlords, like they might have a normal society. And there's a book, Africa Unchained. I spent a lot of money on it. I got to read that. And it's I, I, the idea is that foreign aid keeps entrenched or connected interests uh, on top and the little guy can never compete. Then all of a sudden regulations come down. They have this big bureaucratic state and it really ruins the opportunities for kind of grassroots entrepreneurship. Is that too much of a tangent? What, what were we talking about? <laughs> I think we started off <laughs> by going through the predictions that you made that were correct. Yeah. And then we what? talked a little bit about the CNN story, the for, or the the Fort Lauderdale shooting. Yes, I would say just what my biggest failures were last year were uh, obviously I thought it was going to be Jeb and Hillary in the end, which it definitely was not. Um, I also thought that the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership would get passed for sure, for sure. So I kind of smell a rat with what's going to be going on. I mean, my view of the world had been that the Trilateral Commission, which goes the, the three lats, the trilateral, is North America and South America, Europe and Asia, like centered on Japan, and that they... The CFR, Council of Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, like the big conspiracy guys, they just regionalized the economies and eventually we're going to stitch everything up. And the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership and the Trans-Atlantic Trade Partnerships were big, big parts of that, almost the final step. The final step is plugging Russia and China in. So that's how I saw the world. And, and it just doesn't – it looks like that stuff's on the back burner. However, when you hear Trump say we're going to renegotiate NAFTA – and then the guy from Canada and the guy from Mexico are like, yeah, let's do it. I'm thinking, huh? And then you remember he said, I'm going to build a wall and I'm going to put a big, beautiful door in it. I'm like, oh, yeah, like Heidi, she just wants to leave the door open. So I feel like maybe we're having a different approach to this where people are don't suspect but we're still going to have that kind of thing. I don't know. Or on the uh, other and that's hand, what they always – yeah, that's what, that's what they always do, what you just said about the – the humanitarian aid is it's all propaganda always diverts attention to reasons that aren't the reasons. So like the humanitarian thing, it's always get us focused on how the, the Ethiopians are struggling so that we don't see that they're actually giving all this money to, to warlords. And when it comes to world government, there's, there's, you know, the first world war, they were trying to get uh, the League of Nations or whatever, but it didn't it didn't go all the way like they wanted it to. So that, so they got to shift and focus attention elsewhere and then renegotiate things. So they're constantly shifting well, they had another attention. war and they got right. the U.N. and they're supposed to have a third one to get the true world authority, as the Vatican calls it. But maybe it's what you said, which is this nationalism. It, well, I don't think we fully appreciate – it's a European concept, this kind of ethnic identity, nationalism, that right – the right is characterized by that, by insularism rather than by small government because it's not – By what? Government. What was that word? Oh, I, that's – I just made that up. Insularism? It, <laughs> insular? Like ins, insular? Insulate? Okay. Insulate. All right. 
I, I, yeah, that could be wrong. Is an insular I N S U L A R? I'm a terrible speller. I, 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 I've never heard that word before in my life, so I won't be able to confirm or deny. Uh, insular. The definition of insular uh, of living or located on an island. Uh, circumscribed and detached in outlook and experience, narrow or provincial. Yes. So I, I added the ism. But <laughs> okay. insular. So, well, people that I, I spend my entire life trying to figure out the exact right word for. Yes, and what that's I a perfect convey. time to bring this up. Yes. Yes. See, I Monica really has. A, there's, there's from time to time, Monica will use some language, some words that um, I, I've never heard of before, but she has thought. She has very thoughtfully chose these words to fit specific situations, and once I realized that, it and it made me interested in knowing what the words meant. So we're going to try to start like pointing out some of um, Monica's precise language that she uses to describe things, if anything, to help me better learn new big words. Well, I want to I- – if it weren't, I never use big words to use big words. Like that's actually yeah. annoying and unclear. <laughs> but if you can really give somebody a feeling of what you mean exactly, like take your your complex, nuanced, and even emotional understanding of it and take it out of your brain and put it right in their brain, like the feel, it's like the connotation versus denotation when they teach you how to define a word. One is like the definition and the other is like what, the impression it makes on you. And that's why I love the exact right word. But then usually I just, I'll follow it up by like a longer version of what I'm talking about. So people don't get lost because I had to learn that for the on air radio WSB. You can't, you can't, it's just people are driving around in traffic. (laughs) They're jumping out of the car. You can't like throw these words. They can't pick up a dictionary. They can't pause it. So you have to kind of give them that, but it does, it gives you a, I think, I really think it's worthwhile and it's fun. I I think that's awesome. Like the method behind your uh, word selection, like I think that for me, that's important to know because it, it, it makes it interesting for me to find out why you choose certain words then. Right. And I do try not to sound like a, like a blowhard. (laughs) I'm not doing it to sound smart at all, but I do have on my website and maybe... I don't know if it's if we put it on propaganda report, thepropreport.com, if you will, or propagandareportdaily.com. If you, uh, I have a glossary on my own blog from my show, monicaperezshow.com, where I put like terms of art, as they're called. Like I just, uh, or I invent some, like truth porn was one I invented. I just invented, coined a term, upsource, which I think is going to be a theme going forward, upsource. So subsidiarity is this concept, uh, is a Catholic concept, but it's also a small government libertarian concept where the smallest level is where you should deal with the problems. Your person, your family, your community, then if you have to go up to the state level or the federal level. And I've noticed that the Republicans are doing the opposite, like with the Defense of Marriage Act, with this uh, wanting to make bathroom laws at the state level that, that bind all the municipalities. Same thing with bans of plastic bags, like these ways of getting, there were bans on plastic bag bans. So Republican states were banning municipalities from enacting plastic bag bans. So they were telling them what they could or couldn't do. It's crazy. So it's like, like GMO labeling is being banned and Republicans 
lead the charge on banning the labeling instead of just promoting freedom, do what you want, label, don't label. So I coined the word upsource that you, that even like a medical care, everything gets upsourced to a higher, higher level, a state level or the federal level. So anyway, I have a glossary with words like that, that are pretty, people like it. It's yeah. fun. Anyway, so if you hear a word like that, Binkley, you'll have to like I will point get a little blowhorn so right. I can <laughs> slow down. But I, I do will find a blowhorn. You had a great point about this nationalism thing uh, where uh, that for me, what I was saying was that nationalism was not a part of right thinking, you know, of the political spectrum on the right here in America because conservatism is like a fluid term. This is something I also discovered over time that conservatism in Europe is different from conservatism in America because conservatism just means you don't want the past to change. So in this country, the American experiment, the original idea was liberty. So for us, conservatives are what Europe calls liberals because in Europe, the conservatives were like monarchists and the liberals were the ones who wanted to liberate. Yeah. So, so for us, this idea of conservatism of a of a right, a political right, did not include nationalism and stuff. So in Europe, the right, the nationalistic right, was a socialist right. The national socialists—that's what the Nazis were. They were socialists. So they don't have this sense of small government on the right, but they do have the scariness of of nationalism being. Socialism, which they like, but with this element of xenophobia and killing people, which doesn't terrify us here because we weren't that close to it. It terrifies them there, and it's been built into their culture to reject that, to fear it, to think it's a thing of the past, and uh, and You're want to about in Europe. Yes. So when they have, if they have a nationalist resurgence, like Brexit and France and Germany are having elections this year. That if they if they move to the right, their right, it will terrify most people who were raised in the schools there. And that's what you were saying. They will then call out for globalism, for world government, for no national borders, because the nationalism creates a crisis they're going to react to. Yeah, I actually have on my list of things that I think we're going to see in 2017 that world government, one world government globalism is going to be is going to become like a, a hot trendy thing for progressives in our in our country. And I think a lot of it's going to stem from because of what's going on with Brexit. I think so Brexit like California put, Yeah. Yeah. California I mean people I know have already started talking about it who they 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 never brought up the idea of one world government. They they associated it with conspiracy theories in the past, but Brexit, what Brexit did was it put the concept of global government into the world consciousness. It made it more prominent in the conversation, and it's becoming more and more of a trendy, progressive thing to to want to happen. And, they, and those people will identify with this very UN <laughs> top-down concept of world citizen. So if you're terrified yeah. of your own government, you are going to want a supranational government. So you, if you could not be an American citizen under Trump because you're terrified of him, then you could step out and be this world citizen, which – because what can you do? They were using – the left was using the federal government to push down on the states. 
like Obamacare and stuff, gay marriage, whatever. But they got trumped by Trump. So Trump now, card. yeah, I mean, it's so weird. It's just like Shepard Smith. You know, it's just so weird that Shepard is the name of the guy who shepherds us. Shepherds the sheep. <laughs> yeah. And Trump is the Trump card. And don't even get me started on Anthony Weiner. I can't. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it just cries out for puns. But if these guys want to, they want to Trump Trump. They want to get above that so that they can feel safe again. So I, I can see that it being a gateway. And, and then it's just the question is, is that, is the, I'm beginning to realize, the question is, now, I am beginning to realize how important where, where the heart and soul, where the minds, where the feeling of the people are, like, like democracy is this great form of tyranny, this great way of getting people to completely accept anything that happens because they think that the majority of the people want it and they and we've learned to accept that. Yeah. But how much so when I looked, I always thought the media was all powerful, just crams it down and we just accept it, especially after Obamacare, which clearly people did not want, but we accepted it. I mean, we're beating it now, I guess, but we'll see. So I, I realize now that it matters like what level they've shepherded our feelings. You know, how, how are we ready to truly abandon the American founding principles or what? I mean, that's how I wonder how this is going to unfold because yeah. it looked to me like socialism was absolutely winning in the world. So if the powers that well, be want to usher in world here, government. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so, I think, I mean, if anything we learned in this in this previous election cycle, it's that a, a large portion of the population can get really excited about a, a socialist communist message delivered from a obvious communist if you look into it to Bernie Sanders' history. And I mean, people, Obama could be – I mean Obama was raised by communists. His grandparents were right, communists. Him, him too. I just mean this, just the excitement behind Bernie Sanders, and he was delivering a blatant communist message, and he is a communist if you look into his history. So like a communist delivering a communist message rallied a large portion of the country. They got excited about communism. They don't realize it, but they did. Country's the last – I would think this is the last bastion of liberty, so – but they don't they don't associate it with a lack of liberty. They don't understand that yeah. I predicted when Obamacare got passed that they then would be able to tell you what you can eat. And then I heard Bloomberg when he was pushing his sugary drink ban say, now that we pay for your health care, what you put into your body is our business. Same thing about pot. If you're paying for people's health care or alcohol or wearing a motorcycle helmet, you know, all these things they, they simply must control you if they're gonna pay for you. So they don't think of it as as a as a move away from liberty as illiberal, but they right. do. They're not focused is, on that part of the issue. That. Yeah, their point of focus in the issue is about the equality. Is about you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever. All the all the no, social. They want messages. a higher standard of living. They want a higher it, standard yeah. of living than they can access right now at yeah. the work level yeah. and the education level that they have or are willing to put in. That's the that's bottom the problem. Really focus, stress. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so the, to them, the liberty things in the back. 
they're, <laughs> they're incompetent, incompetent because they're going to I, I'm not even criticizing them, but they have it's a, an extreme moral hazard to have these indiscriminate school loans it, that the government, a, a private enterprise, Citibank or whatever, would never give school loans to a, a dance major, sat next to a dance major on the on the plane the other day. And he was like a, not even 30 years old. He's like, I am a classic millennial. I have tons of debt and absolutely nothing marketable. I can't get a job as a dance major. He was a so dance major? Yes. What kind? Of, you can, I didn't know you could major in dance. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can. What kind of dance? You spend a lot of money. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't dig into it, but I knew that it wasn't it, – it, it was impractical. I'm not just making this up. I'm saying that they do impractical things. You, If a parent or the government facilitates these horrible decisions, then you come out the other end with a lot of debt, no marketable skills, and it feels unfair to you because you've worked hard, you've done what you were told, and now you can't make ends meet. So what should happen? You should have those school loans forgiven. Or you should be, uh, they should be, you should have a minimum wage job. You know, that's how they're thinking of it. Be- and that's what they want. They they really just yeah. want what's, what they think is their fair share. Right. I, I disagree that they don't have marketable skills that they can use. The problem is they're not taught how to turn those skills into any sort of income. Like that guy, maybe he is doing it, but he he, could, he should just teach dance to people who want to learn how to dance until he can get to where he wants to go. And he, he might be able to blow was, that up in something. He was. Like yeah, he was it's, teaching it's, dance. And it's the inability to connect the skills that they learn to solving a real-world problem that is the problem. Any skill can be valuable as long as you can connect it to solving a real-world real problem. Yes, I think that kind of assessment, if done before – you commit to $100,000 you don't have is good. And that they don't do it because their parents and the government and the bank and the school tell them to search their souls and see what would be fun. And and what you really actually need to do is do an NPV, a net present value. And maybe you can't figure out every possible outcome. Hey, just roll the dice, be a dance major. I'm sure it'll work out. Some people don't actually want to do it that way and don't realize that's what they're doing. And I think those are the people who feel like they've been uh, misled and then they 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 so they have the sense of injustice that I say a free market, a free society, liberty immediately connects decisions with consequences to the point where you see them all around you and you make better choices and you don't and you don't have these moral hazards where people will lend you money in advance to do what for me, you know, being an English major, whatever is what I would do in retirement. You know, <laughs> and that, that to yeah. me is an absolute leisure activity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy needs to target people. Needs, needs to target men who want to impress women is what he needs to do. Rich men who want to impress women and who are shy about getting on the dance floor, yet they have to go to a bunch of event, a bunch of events where they have to dance a lot. So he needs to target very wealthy people who would love to learn how to dazzle ladies on the dance floor, and he could probably make a ton of money. Well, he actually, I told him about this show, so maybe he's listening. And he I hope can, so. He can, uh, we'll do a little back and forth in the comments section. A dude who can dance is impressive, especially if he's manly, you know, well, to women anyway. Unless it's like uh, hip-hop yes, dancing I, or anything. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I'm just, 
I I like ideas. I wasn't asking him about his personal stuff. I know. I, like I was just ideas. thinking that that's uh, where my mind goes when I start thinking about this stuff. Yes, I agree that you you definitely you have tapped into something when you tell people to not allow themselves to be talked out of, you know, thinking outside the box with their own personal, you know, life direction. Yeah. I agree with that. That's a fundamentally libertarian solution to a lot of the problems that I find oppressive in society. It's Benjamin that, Franklin. Oh, oh it falls. Benjamin tell me Franklin's about that. Entire yeah. Life. Do what? Uh, it's just Benjamin Franklin's entire life. Like oh, he, 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 he created the um, the flexible catheter as we know it today. Uh, he he invented that. I mean, there's other people who've uh, shaped it and stuff, but his brother was using, and this is a, a painful thing to um, imagine. But his brother had a a metal catheter, a clunky metal oh. catheter that they used oh. back then. And and he's not a doctor, but he he right. just saw that his brother was in pain, and he looked at it, and and he you know said to himself, "There's got to be a better way." And he designed what something. What do you mean? Uh, I I think it was. Rubber, I believe it was rubber or plastic. No, oh, yeah. rubber. I think, yeah. And that's yeah, how, like, if you look rubber. at his life and a lot of his, inv- he he invented so many things across a bunch of different disciplines. He wasn't like he was very much a generalist, and he invented stuff that practically solved problems that that people that he or people around him faced. Don't you feel like, and this is probably defeatist, but don't you feel like most of those simple things are, that there's much many fewer of those kind of like daily life things that no absolutely i think we are i think we are far worse off than we were back then because we're so blinded by all our devices and technology that we don't know what the hell the real world is oh well that's the truth we can't do anything and also i i should probably set my mind to how to reduce this massive stress like this amount of stress of like raising kids and keeping your house clean and like that's mostly what I do is just try to keep the house clean <laughs> and uh, and raise my kids well without just plugging them into the matrix the entire time and everything you need to do. And that's what parents uh, do like by habit. They do that, you know, and like because I, I, I've seen it done and I've done it probably with my nieces and nephews. It's like babies are crying. It's loud. And it's like, OK, okay just go watch this movie just just to get get them off your hand. Yeah. And, and, and my you know, son. I have this, my son has Down syndrome and I really need to keep him, he won't, he can't be trusted to just like sit there and do something else. Like I can make my other kids go read or sit in their rooms or whatever. I have to make absolutely certain he's not going to go anywhere. And the one way to do that is like, let him choose a show on his laptop and watch it. Uh, But just trying to do this, which I love to like read and talk to you. And I, I mean, to shoehorn this into my life is very difficult and stressful. And I feel like, and my husband can't do it at all. He just, he's like work, kids, that's it. So, so I feel like it's almost on purpose. I definitely, I actually think it's definitely on purpose that as soon as you could possibly bank some cash and, and go down a rung to ease up on your life that you're still indebted on your house. Maybe you still have school loans yeah. and your and your tax rate goes up. So they take most of the extra. And then you've got, you know, you just never have the time, it seems like, to, to pull a Ron Paul, you know, and just say, right. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to make a difference. You know, you have to be a professional politician and then you really have to care about raising the money 
from from whomever, lobbyists or constituents or, you know, just to stay informed is almost impossible in such a busy, stressful world. And here we are in the, it should be, we should have more free time than ever before because we have all these time-saving devices and yet we probably have less. Yeah. Right. We just, we just spend more time switching to other devices. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, or our standards, maybe our standards just go up. Well, you just touched on something uh, a moment ago. The, in order to do a lot of the things that people would want to do, like we were talking about, like Benjamin Franklin type stuff, Ron Paul type stuff, one thing that is absolutely required is a lot of critical self-reflection, like quiet reflection and critical thought, like long periods of it. And we have yes. none of that. Like what I used to do when I was a kid in the back of the car. My father used to drive us from New York to Denver to see right. his parents yeah. every year. And there was like nine kids. Some of us were in the backseat of a pickup truck. You know, you'd always be in the back of the Vista Cruiser, whatever it was, looking out the window. That was it. Yeah. And I and got thinking, a lot of like, great thinking. Yeah. Like right when you lay in bed. The, the great thoughts come. You get in the shower, the great thoughts come. That's because we're not constantly being – our tension is not being pulled 18 different directions to a bunch of different devices. But when you get into bed, you have the phone with you. You're watching you the TV. phone right next to you, yeah. Yep. Laborious yep. self-reflection. That's the key to humanity. Uh, you could be right, and we're really being dumbed down to 140 characters, and I'm, like, so proud that I'm good at it. <laughs> I can distill any yeah. thought into 140 yeah. characters. It's like, really? That's good. And you know me. Yes, but how many people are really understanding that? You know, like the nuances that I'm trying to pack into those words that mean yeah. so much. And We're people just languaging. Like, you like, send me back the little it? emoji <laughs> with like the little circle for a mouth. You know? right. Like, what? <laughs> no, we're totally, we're removing language from uh, the human condition. Oh, we're just going so to back to symbols, electronic symbols and movements. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, that's so sad. But let's not be sad. Surely there's uh, the nobility of man, the intellectual, the difference between us and the animals, even though they're trying to stamp it out and turn us into the cyborg, the Borg. Maybe it's not possible. Is it? Is that? Yeah, no, I think humanity has a has a fair shot. It's just the challenge. That's the challenge. Is the right there. Those animals at the top who think we're yeah. animals, you know, they have no right. respect for us. They think there are two species and that they're the humans. I don't right. think so. But I, I did. I didn't want let, to let the opportunity pass that uh, this what you're touching on about people being able to create their own reality. And what I was kind of saying about how that is the essence of, of liberty, really, truly, like, what was it in the Heinlein book? What was it where the guy said, uh, I'm free because they can't control my thoughts? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Google Project MK MKUltra. Uh, but Harry Brown wrote How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, which is surprisingly expensive in the used book market. It's just a mass market paperback but it's so great like that it just really tells you how to liberate yourself even in an unfree world and that's and i think that's really the the critical that's the what only was way his name again harry how brown the great harry brown my husband remembers i don't even remember this maybe i do but he brought it up recently that when we first started going out I guess I voted for Harry Brown. I guess he was running for president. And uh, I said I was voting for, I thought I was too young for having voted for Harry Brown. I guess I wasn't. Uh, and he said, 
my husband said, who? And I said, Harry Brown, the libertarian. And he said, what's a libertarian? <laughs> oh, That's how far great. we have come. How far what we is, have come. Is your husband a, a Republican or a Democrat? No, he just he has one political philosophy, and that is I just don't want them keeping more of my money than I do. Like that's yeah. his it. He just works 60 or 80 hours sometimes a week. He works like a dog. He he just doesn't he just doesn't he's he's doesn't care he's, that much. He wants to be able yeah. to do what he wants. Not very ide- ideological. No, and he's not greedy or anything. Is, yeah, he yeah. just wants to be able to save some money. He cares about the kids and uh and this kind of stuff. I don't know. That's he, good. I, I, I mean, ideology is used to divide and conquer, so that's good. He's not in the rabbit hole with me. Like every once in a while, I'll say, "Yeah, like look at that picture. It's impossible." And he'll say, oh, "I don't know enough about physics." I'm like, "Yes, I love look at pulling the picture. people into the rabbit hole." <laughs> so every once in a while, he'll just look at me like, "Oh my gosh, you're so right. That definitely didn't happen." That could yeah. not have happened that way. But he doesn't care. Why don't you go He's, investigate it a little bit more? See what you find out. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's just like Will Ferrell and the, when he learns that new trick in yoga. That's truth porn <laughs> yeah. to me. Do you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. So I, I, look it up. Yo- yes, Will Ferrell's yoga trick. He learns something uh, that I cannot discuss on the air. Right, and he, right. And you never see him again. <laughs> so that's what happens when you go down the rabbit hole. That's why I invented truth porn as a word because – I think that's what that why they leave the smoking guns out there where they they leave those pictures out there where you're like that is not possible <laughs> you know that yeah. did not happen like I can see the <laughs> I can see the director but um I mean they really they want are in you no to freak danger. out on it yeah they're in no danger of people you know finding all this stuff and then and then revolting at least for the most part because people who look at say Fox News only versus people who look at, say, CNN only, are looking at two completely different versions of reality that they both feel 100% confident about. So those, but they're really they come the flip into, side of the same false reality. Right. Yeah, and so the, the people who are shouting conspiracy, they're not veering from – well, you know their beliefs. They're 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 sticking strong to the news. People get media to satisfy, to uh, confirm the beliefs they already have. They they don't go get media to to challenge their own beliefs and to be wrong about things. That that's why people can put fake news stories out and like uh, somebody burns down a church, writes vote yeah, Trump. Yeah. And they never find out that it was a fake story because they're because they're not yeah. going to go see because they that want out. it. Is that the confirmation yeah, exactly. bias fallacy? That's the confirmation bias. Yeah, it feels good the for them to be thing, right. The Plato thing, which we've talked about before, where if you if you go and tell the people what is really going on, they will kill you. <laughs> right. And I'll tell you, Socrates and Jesus both had that experience. Democracy yeah. killed them right. because they told the truth. Um, where they gave people a revelation of the true nature of humanity. All right, so where were we? Did I silence you there? <laughs> <laughs> no. What did I say? Where did I go wrong? No, I, I, to... I was just looking down at my paper, trying to find my yeah. place. And you know, so... whenever I hear true nature of a humanity, I like to reflect for a moment. There, yeah, the the laborious self reflection that creates yeah. the human 
mine. I have some predictions for 2017. Yeah, go if for that's it. where we're where we're headed. Yeah, why don't you go for okay. it? Okay, one of them, and I think I uh, might have mentioned some of this in that email I sent you, but I believe that we are going to see in 2017 a a live streamed terror event or or a live streamed mass shooting. Because live stream has kind of taken off towards the the end of the year, as we saw a couple of days ago with with the Facebook thing, where the four four black teenagers beat up the the white kid for thirty minutes, and like we saw during the the riots in Milwaukee, there was a instantly a, a mob, an angry mob, was mobilized via social media through live stream within hours, and I believe this live stream. Is a very powerful thing for the elites, and we're going to start seeing events, terror events, uh, in real time from citizen journalists. Or yeah, you might be right because, or I should say, I, I agree that's plausible to me, likely. And today, when we were, I was anyway listening to Shep Smith talk to the guy at the airport on the phone in real time when like part two of the event began to unfold. I mean, that's just one step away from what you're talking about. Right. Exactly. And another thing that this that this live stream is leading into is you know how Facebook is like uh, I think the guy called it um, the the self generating. Uh, uh, in, intelligence dossier because people just give the information yes. to them for free where if they were asked yes. for all their personal information they go no way I want my privacy I believe that live stream is going to be doing the same thing when it comes to surveillance video surveillance people are are live streaming uh, you know a large portion oh. a large portion of their day because they think they have to get their media out there directly otherwise it'll get deleted so they're leaving the camera on a lot more than they naturally would but they're not even thinking about being watched. They're thinking about delivering information. The Amazon Echo and Alexa thing and the fact that TVs are all going to have cameras in them. These are all things we're inviting. Like somebody literally got us an exactly. Echo and I yeah. won't let them take it out of the box. Like I'm like, you hey, wouldn't. man, I think it's on hey, already. Hey, you, you, need to, <laughs> you need to kill that thing right now. Totally. I want to smash it, it with a sledgehammer. Put it in a vat of acid and get it the hell away from your house. That's how I feel about it. Okay, another. And then I'm just going to put um, it in my freezer. Yeah. Well, I mean, your then your fridge I is going to start talking work? to you. Doesn't your I have freezer? No idea. Doesn't that? Isn't that like the only way to keep your phone from? <laughs> telling Do you have on a you? smart freezer? Because this Echo thing, no, it's just made of. I don't wait know. a minute! Wait a minute! Your phone, it, it can't get through the freezer. Is that what you're saying? If you if your phone is off, and and the government wanted to use it as a listening device, it could. But I think if you put it in the freezer, it couldn't hear through that. They'll Am just I be wrong? like, what? "Is that? Is that ice? Are they? <laughs> is she making ice all day long?" <laughs> but wasn't there this recent thing where the Amazon Echo was a witness to a murder? Yeah, they were trying to get him to show the information. Yeah, so I'm just saying a story like that is setting you up for. Those things being, uh, uh, you know, you want to surveil it because if you're getting murdered, the Amazon Echo can order you a cop. People are going to come over to my house now, open the freezer, and all of my technology is going to fall out. (laughs) I'm not. I I don't do it, but you can look and see like the little mesh pouches that are supposed to protect your phone from. I don't know, but I maybe I'm wrong. I I, I don't know. Actually, ever. 
you're really you're not a tinfoil hat guy, I guess. No, I am a tinfoil you hat never guy. Investigated thinking, that stuff? I, I'm thinking about getting a giant freezer just to have conversations in that I don't want the government <laughs> to listen to. Now. Like Hillary with her tent when she checked her email on her phone, she put a tent over her so nobody could see it because <laughs> yeah. that's how Russia works. Bring a heavy jacket. We're going to be having a long conversation in the freezer tonight. <laughs> We're going to go sit in a tent. <laughs> ah, so funny. I just think that's funny. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I, guess. I mean, she was like on the phone. It's just like we would put a coat over our heads so that nobody could see what we were typing. Like on a phone, <laughs> a smartphone. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> And let's not forget that she was recorded years ago saying she doesn't use email because of all the time she's been investigated. And Donald Trump doesn't use email either. And I know several, I actually know two billionaires, at least one degree removed, who don't use email. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the whole story uh, I, was kind of hard to buy. I, I was going to say that I, I like when, when people put like a um, – a piece of tape over their computer monitor on their laptop or something, you know, as though so as, as though that's gonna as though that's gonna stop it, you know, because you can still hear everything, yeah. and it's just like it's like a flimsy. It's like if if the government surveillance have has they're so advanced where they can just tap into your computer and watch you from your laptop that the one thing they didn't think about was <laughs> duct tape or, 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 or electric electrical tape. We didn't think Zuckerberg. of that. Now we're yeah, oh, I'm sure he does. Zuckerberg. I mean, that is... was a story. That was actually an article. Like, oh, Zuckerberg busted with a piece of tape over his monitor's eye. Like, okay, <laughs> because they want you to believe that works. I, I think it would work. I mean, it would it would close that particular outlet. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, you get this advanced technology. I think they're saying. I, I don't think they're going to um, look past tape i think they're going to be able to see through it i mean they have cameras that can see through walls i just got this is a breaking news flash Uh i just got an email from somebody in the media uh which i'm sure this information anderson cooper it's an anonymous source and they have an anonymous source well this person is anonymous right now because I'm not telling you, All but right. I'm sure this is information that's in the news. Obviously, this is not an inside, but it, it. she's saying it's the same as what you said. This guy, the shooter in Fort Lauderdale, got out of the army four months ago and received mental health treatment after recently walking into an FBI office in Anchorage saying the government was forcing him to watch ISIS videos. Oh, really? Yes. That's, that's and int- isn't that what you sent me that link about the Al Qaeda recruitment videos that were being made for the U.S. government by a British company? Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. The propaganda for ISIS on social media is 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 pretty – I mean it's pretty elaborate and a lot of it deals with with those videos like, like the ones that the U.S. made and the ones that ISIS made and probably the ones that he's talking about. Yeah, they have a very sophisticated operation. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I just No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh All right, another thing. Uh, all right. Now this is this this might be kind of a bold prediction, but I believe that a public figure, I don't know which one, Podesta could be someone to look out for, but I think someone, one of these public figures is going to be exposed as a pedophile in 2017, but once it happens, I believe the the process 
of normalizing pedophilia will then be greatly enhanced. Yeah, so this will be the last, like when Bill Clinton was lambasted for having smoke yeah. pot but didn't inhale, that right. opened the way for George W. Bush, who was like busted for coke and was like, yeah. <laughs> had a horrible that drinking problem. Right. It's like whatever. And Obama, uh, I thought was, oh, there were pictures of him smoking pot. If I am I wrong about that? Anyway, so keep going. I want to know more. Okay. I believe that while this is somewhat, you know, risque, I, I think that it is a major propaganda tool. Um, these lifelike sex robots that they've been working so hard on, I believe these are going to be rolled out to a broader mainstream audience in 2017. People are going to start replacing boyfriends and girlfriends w- with robots. I think that's going to happen sometime this year. Not, it's not going to be like everywhere, but there are going to be people that start doing it. This year? Yeah, I, I think they're going to roll those out. Yeah, I believe that that's going to happen. I, there's already people who who are who are getting some of these robots. I think we're going to see more and more of it. I've seen. I after you sent me that uh, an article about that, I was watching videos of a, actual androids that are out there now, which are definitely way behind the actual technology. So they look kind of stilted. But yeah. they don't have to. Like, I think there might well, be a, a few you know, key functions that they have to focus on for these. And, and I believe full functionality people, is. Yeah. Were you a fan See, of data? Been, oh, yeah. I love data from Star Trek. Yeah. He was fully functional. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they've been seeding more and more of those type of characters in a lot of these sci-fi shows. I, I think we're being culturally cult, culturally conditioned to not be able to differentiate between a robot and a person. Now, now we may not be a, we may not be there yet based on the technology that we know, but I bet there's a lot more advanced technology where we could be complete. There's going to be androids walking around in the public before the public is aware of it. That's what I believe. That's interesting. I speaking of this, I just posted yesterday on. Propaganda Report Daily that this Jeresimov, what was his name again? This, uh, the general, they call it the Gerasimov Doctrine. He wrote, is a Russian general who wrote in 2016 that, uh, 2013, that pretty soon their battlefields would just be full of robots running, jumping, whatever, and that they would even be able to make their own plants. <laughs> so if that's, you know, like that's not, that's not the first thing I want. <laughs> the first Android I want is a soldier capable of deciding what to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess people will be faced with a choice about what type of Android they get, you know, functionality-wise. It's almost... It reminds me of that game, Marry, Sex, or you know, Kill. Have you ever heard of that game? I don't know that game. It's a game where people, they decide if they want to, they, they pick a person in the room, and then they decide if they would rather marry that person, only sleep with that person, or kill that person. And with the androids, I, I, guess, I guess it would be like Marry, Sex, or Garden. So you obviously are not a mom, or Garden would be replaced with Clean. <laughs> Obviously, cleaning is the thing. It's not like I have a clean house. It's just never ends. So, yes, I think I would f- fully give a oh, woman's work is never done. I will fully give over 
to the entire Android culture if uh, it can help me clean. That's how you're going to get locked into the grid. Yes. No, they're going to, that's how they do it. They find the one thing. It's like Einstein. Einstein had these two immutable political philosophies. He absolutely did not believe there should be nation states. He thought there should only be a world government. And he absolutely thought he was a pacifist. So even if you were a soldier in the war, you should sooner lay down your gun and get shot than fight in World War I. And in both cases, those are his two yeah. immutable rules. In both cases, he violated them for his own, what he perceived to be his own self-interest. <clears throat> World War II, because it was against the Nazis, and, and he was Jewish and German. Or was he Austrian? He was German. And um, the state uh, establishing the state of Israel as a nation because he had lost his passport under the Nazis. So he had no nation. I mean, it's understandable, but I'm just saying like, if, if they get you where you live, you'll violate your rules. So one of my predictions, it's that main point of focus that they put in the front of your mind and you don't see the other stuff. What do you mean? That, that that, like if I'm, if I'm focusing so hard on how much easier it is to clean my house because of this android and i'm so it it satisfies that deep need that i had and and, and it feels so good i'm completely oblivious not even thinking about all the data that it's collecting while it's doing it. yeah that's why you really don't want to be led into temptation because it's like impossible to resist but i feel like a couple of that that's what is happening with people traditional conservatives, whatever, Republican voters, that it's the Republicans that offer them these things that violate their fundamental rules, like what I was talking before, the upsourcing versus subsidiarity. When it's something that appeals to them, like the plastic bag ban or the bathroom gender laws or the Defense of Marriage Act, they're willing to violate the 10th Amendment, states' rights, which are absolutely critical uh, that's the that's the thing that the left should be learning from this from the trump election the 10th amendment is absolutely critical but they they won't they'll be led down the garden path because they're like well this is too important it's like kissinger said about the chilean election too important for the people to decide <laughs> yeah it's the selection of, of- of emotional appeals or, or base biological appeals to the specific group of people they need to influence. Anybody who wants to read um, Edward Bernays' book, Crystallizing Public Opinion, he talks a lot about the about selecting different types of appeals for different groups as a way to get them to to take the action you want them to take. Um, he has like a, a whole chapter on it, that, which is fantastic. The book's again, it's Crystallizing Public Opinion by Edward Bernays. Awesome. Well, I'll do some show notes and we can link all that stuff. Um, okay, cool. So, I have two yeah, more of these. Um, go. One of, one of them is I believe that how to police the virtual reality world is going to be, become a prominent part of the conversation in 2017. And I think it will be a result of some sort of controversial sex assault that happens within the virtual reality world. So the subjective – subjectively and psychologically, someone's going to say they got sexually assaulted, and that's going to thrust how to police the virtual reality world into the conversation. That sounds right. There's always an initiating event. 
There's always exactly. a false flag. There's always going to be an event. Yeah. And they've been seeding these this year. They, they've had like some subtle ones throughout 2016. There's going to be a little bit more of a dramatic one in 2017. And it doesn't always have to be exactly on point. Like you were saying how the Amazon Alexa or Echo or whatever ordered something it heard from the TV and sent it to the kid's house, which is a story I don't necessarily buy because I was trying. I was doing voice to text earlier. It was like lingerie or something. Yeah, I think it, it was like mailed to the kid. It wouldn't. My phone would not voice to text the show I was listening to on the radio. I was listening to Stuart Varney on Fox Business, and I was trying to voice to text a text, and it wouldn't. It only picked up the sound of my voice, even after I let let it listen to the radio and stuff it would not articulate those words so i feel like that's probably not a real story but those are the kind of stories i mean it's a real story but i think it's a story but those yeah. kind of stories maybe i could be wrong it's a different device i really don't know but well, you know how it our doesn't phones, matter like our phone will type something like really odd or strange because it predicts the wrong word maybe there's some sort of predicting going on yeah maybe but i just feel like it doesn't register like uh digital voices but in any case it doesn't even have to be spot on like it can be an echo thing or an alexa thing and they'll still use it for virtual reality you know just have a comprehensive approach a big law in the entire like the cybersecurity omnibus law which right. is coming you know what i think they're going to do with virtual reality is it, it the virtual reality world is you know it's a new frontier it's um the wild west and those are like you know that's a that's that's where propaganda wars happen. People who want to take control of those environments. But the whole idea behind virtual reality is total immersion to try to continue to improve the experience to make it as similar to reality as possible. And what's going to happen is there's going to be crime within the virtual reality world, but the crime is going to be it's going to be determined by the subjective feeling of the victim. So the victim's going to say that someone did whatever and they're going to evaluate it and I believe they're going to develop a measure a way to measure it by like evaluating the brain waves and so they can say if they're they're if they were psychologically affected in in a certain way that it created I don't know post traumatic stress syndrome or something then a crime was committed and then because because virtual reality is going to be so similar to reality, they are then going to transfer that subjective standard of proof to the real world. So we will now be at the mercy of anyone who says that we committed a crime against them in the virtual reality world. Okay, so one of my things that is pre-crime. No, yeah. I got it, I, and I've got a word for it, psychological crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, I've yeah. got pre-crime and psychological crime is – that's very good. I might have to – you might – maybe you should write me a little paragraph and I'll put it in my glossary. So we have just the right word. Yes, submit. Right, right. <laughs> Give me a submission. I'll evaluate it. No, I, I was thinking one of my things to look out for is – pre-crime continuing use of what criminal profiling of usually yeah. using social media but psychological crime would also fold into melania's which i did predict this melania's cause celeb is going to be cyberbullying. so psychological crime can fold into that too yeah exactly and, and their their total information control i believe we're both in agreement on is that they're gonna they're going after that in 2017 Yes, and At it's going to be angle, everything. Really. Yes, yeah, sur surveillance, it, which is pretty much put into place under Obama. Next is going to be censorship and propaganda. So they're going to censor 
any kind of independent news and replace it with fabricated or proved propaganda. Really confusing. I mean, it's going to continue to be really confusing, I believe. The whole fake news versus real news, the the confusion and bewilderment is going to just get more intense in 2017 just to keep people so like like just overwhelmed. I I get overwhelmed and I feel like I really throw myself into it. I've been doing it for a while. I'm clear thinking and uh I I can't I just People send me this Pizzagate stuff. They're absolutely – they really are desperate for me to dig into it, and I understand yeah. it. I just can't. I mean I really can't. It, what will be the point of spending our valuable time, You know, not mine or yours or whatever, but just like everybody's time? It, it directly takes time away from, say, seeing what laws they're passing today. Yeah. I mean we know there's pedophile rings, and, and from my – um, point of view, that's what's most important. Um, but getting caught up in the details, you're right. We miss, uh, and it's been exposed. On. They're not gonna, you know, maybe, maybe if people got really crazy about it, it would force a real investigation. That is possible. Maybe I shouldn't. I mean, what I, what I looked into, just, I, there's, I think Podesta is definitely involved in some pretty bad stuff personally, but you're mm -hmm. right. Getting caught up in the details, it, it, you know, it can take you down that rabbit hole and just drive you mad. Um, I had a reaction yesterday that I wanted to tell you about. Uh, like I've gotten so I, I distrust what I see in the news. Like all, always, I distrust it. Yeah. And there's been there's been so many stories that have been reported as fake hoax crimes, like a a really long list of them, a growing list of them, where now it's some, like like yesterday this thing happened on Facebook and. I didn't before my initial reaction before I watched the video, um, which I haven't watched the entire video yet. Um, before I read anything about it, just when I heard about it in passing, my initial reaction was, "Whoa, that seems." I, I was hesitant to jump all over that as as um, see how you know it's a it's a hate crime against um, on the other side you know you're because saying it was four the thing where it's like I think four black kids beat yeah. up with in like Facebook Live right yeah, a yeah, yeah. white smart. handicapped kid exactly yeah and I wouldn't even look at left. that because it was so obviously a manipulation it might be true but it's being used by the media. To promote right. an agenda, and I just keep walking, which makes it kind of hard to keep up on the news because there's so much of that. Here's what here's the the parallel that um, I thought about instantly. There is take that church that burned down, for instance, the one in Mississippi where uh, vote Trump was um, painted on the side of it, and the black reaction church, right? of people, you know, the black church, the reaction of the confirmation bias reaction of people who want to believe that all Trump supporters are racist was that is all. I mean, instantly they believed that they didn't ask any questions and they ran with it because it satisfied their need to believe that. Right. And now on the other side here, I'm not saying the story is not true, even if the story is true, yeah, but even if it's Right. The, the to when you hear a story like this on the other side, the reaction is the same thing. It's it's you want to believe it's the confirmation bias. I told you I knew it and, and you run with it. And that was my, my instant reaction was, Whoa, this seems like it's a setup. It seems like it, it seems like they're trying because there's been so many proven hoaxes on, on on the left, it seems like they're trying to set people up on the right to fall victim to the same confirmation bias and then Oh like the hacking it turns thing? Out to be a hoax. Like the Russian hacking of right, the Vermont yeah. 
like the power grid hacking that Washington Post right. reported. It, it seemed like bait to me. It seemed like they were yeah. thrown in bait. Now, now the story might be true. Like, I, like I said, I'm not. It, it, this seems well, like a pretty intense true. story. Right, right. So then there's that. There, there's like another. Well, it's, yeah, it's that's hard the to truth question. question, right? Is it is it a real story that they? I mean, I, I, it's my opinion that a story like that, where I mean, there are 320 million people in this country. Kids get beat up all the time, and everybody has Man. a phone. If you were looking for some stories over others, and you had a, a fairly, you know, not even that long a timeline, you could probably get this story or something that works close enough throw it up right. there maybe it doesn't stick maybe it does if it doesn't stick it'll prompt you know copycats yeah. that will stick I, that's what i so that's it, what i told my be, friend it could be real and just serve an agenda or it could be fake because that's the agenda it needs to serve right um what i told my friend was at some point in time there's going to be a live stream hate crime hoax there'll be a live stream hate crime hoax and it will be intense i'm not saying it's this but i'm saying there will be one and people will automatically believe it so it, real it people might. have to get hurt from fake news exactly. that's what i but predict yeah, yeah, real yeah, people and, fake news and the hoax will they'll they'll perpetrate a hoax through live stream it will be intense and people will jump all over it they'll run with it maybe some sort of um riots will happen and then it will later be exposed to be a hoax and I mean, it'll be a total setup. They're, they're setting both sides up to run with fake stories, and then they're being proven to to be hoaxes just to just to keep to keep. I mean, because to keep the other sides bewildered, because you don't even realize it's a hoax when you want it to be true. Like I said earlier, but it's just a constantly messing with people psychologically. Yeah, because what? I don't care if it's true or not, but that's what the question is, right? So now I have exactly. to care again. Exactly. I mean, I've already given up on truth porn. Because I don't care. And now yeah. it's like, but whether it's true or not is the real story. And I, so yeah. I could look into it, but I'm not because I don't care. <laughs> right. I really am so. With what I was just saying. There. Yeah, I totally get it. I, I get it. They, right. They're they're setting people up and, and they're, I think it does dovetail. I think it'll probably satisfy both of our predictions that there is going to be a, Real people are going to get hurt because of fake news. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Vern Jordan telegraphed it for me and, and for people listening and anybody is like we are all so vulnerable to confirmation bias that, that we ha that we're going to get baited because that's that's the easiest way to manipulate a group of people is to exploit their confirmation bias is to throw them bait to throw them an appeal that they're going to jump all over because it satisfies something that they've already decided that they believe and when that's the case we are so open and so vulnerable to being to being manipulated that that we have to be careful with what we run with i think i think that's the the bigger point that i'm getting at because of our two, two pieces of our history, one, as Americans, one is that critical thinking has definitely, as far as like recognizing fallacious arguments and recognizing when you're being influenced or manipulated, that's been completely excised from our educational system process. And we also have a history of believing our news. We don't have a history of what we recognize to be state-owned news agencies. So we're just super vulnerable to not questioning stuff that comes out of the glowing box. And, and we're incapable of questioning anything now because yeah. that questioning is gone. 
although not from the yeah. elite schools, as John Taylor Gatto will tell us. If you ever you want to go to my website, we I, should, I should do I'll a post show, on that. show notes on how different those schools are. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, he says it leaves out it. Everybody has grammar, which is like memorizing stuff, and they have logic, which is thinking things through. But they leave out. The followers, the people, the masses don't get rhetoric anymore, but the elites get rhetoric. So they not only can influence you, they are aware of attempts to influence them. It's, they don't. Yeah, and it. it's also the the teaching style. It's it's open discussion. It's holding alternative possibilities in mind at once. It's not coming to instant conclusions. It's deliberating with people who disagree with you from a very from like third grade. It's a type of teaching style where it's not like moat or wrote um you know a b c d it's we're going to have a, an open debate and conversation we're going to consider alternative possibilities which teaches them to be flexible in the way they think and and in the way they act while the general population is conditioned to be uh, to be rigid in the way they act well i don't know if you can generalize about all the elite schools everybody. yeah because uh, i went to a couple of schools for my son who's interested in like some private middle schools. And for me, I feel like why pay all that money just to get your kid brainwashed and indoctrinated and, and the political messages about uh, the environment and atheism were so powerful, <laughs> just sitting in yeah. like the parent, you know, the, the presentations for the open house. And I, I'm, I don't require my kids go to a Catholic school, but I don't require any kind of brainwashing for religion or anything. Like I, I feel like it's absolutely, it's the the most interesting thing we can do in our entire lives is to contemplate not the true nature of power on Earth, but the true nature of power in the in the universe. If there is power, where we came from, you know, the fifth dimension. I wish we didn't have to worry about this stuff because this. The reason I worry about it is because we're we're going to almost lose that ability to think, but. I, I feel like thinking about that stuff is so interesting. So I'm sitting there in this, in this class and the guy is just so, so happy that his kids, uh, you know, laugh at the idea of religion and, um, feel strongly about, uh, uh, legislating for the environment. And it, it did not feel to me like people who were, uh, some yeah. of the schools did. But this is a very expensive school, and I felt like, wow, they are really trying to brainwash these kids. Indoctrinate them. I mean, atheism yeah. is a religion. People are just as intense about right, it. Right, because the real – I mean, the only sure position, really sure position, is agnosticism. You have to question. You don't know. You can't know. I mean, I actually went back and was looking at like 2,000 years ago, like what, how far has our inquiry into the existence and nature of God really come and I, the impression I was getting is like you can still kind of still ask the same questions the Greeks were asking, and that's interesting yeah. to me. I mean, I, I'm not. I, I know people get I think like all worked up about religion. It's interesting, and I want that. And I feel like if you believe, if you are so certain the truth is what you know it to be, then let your kid just teach your kids how to think and be honest, and they will arrive at your same truth if you're so sure. That your objective truth is correct, your little sect or whatever it is, is absolutely dead on <laughs> accurate, then you, your kids, if you really teach them how to think, they will arrive at that conclusion. So it's almost a faith right. in truth 
that will get you to kind of ease up on that and want your kids to think. But the, I do not get the impression. And actually, John Taylor Gatto said that he has a great like five-hour show that I'm going to put in the show notes. Not show, but interview. He said it's not all the elite schools. It's not every prep school, every expensive school. It's basically like the four big schools in D.C., a couple in New York, that kind of thing. Like a very, very select group where basically all the kids of senators go. Yeah, like Obama's kids go to one of those schools. Anything else? Two yeah. more for me. Two real quick ones. I'm going to predict that the Falcons are going to lose to the Patriots 27 <laughs> to 24 in the Super Bowl. You got money on and, that? No, I don't know. But what money? <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped gambling when I was like 12 years old after I won <laughs> yes, a, college, I know the a college football bowl poll. I won like 300 bucks. That was it for me. And you knew that it was yeah. Ahead. I had peaked in my gambling career. I didn't need to continue gambling. My final <laughs> one is: I believe we're going to see the the first in 2017. We're going to see the world's first human head transplant. Whoa, that is so freaky. I've been talking about it for. for I've been following this for uh, like three, years, and I think it's going to happen this year. I mean the. Dr. Strangelove kind of ramifications of that. Could you imagine if David Rockefeller could get another body? <laughs> With his face, like a 25-year-old yeah, he's 100. Body. He just turned 100. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going to want to tighten yeah. that up. But <laughs> while you're at it, I'm just saying, you know, if your brain is working okay. Interesting. Very interesting. We're getting on here. Uh, so if you want, I have – so we're doing this WSB show. Saturday, which is tomorrow for us. We're recording it the day before. But I will post the WSB podcast probably as episode 21 of the Propaganda Report. And it's going to have my 10 predictions or whatever insights, expectations for 2017. So what I can give you now, only because we ran out of time, I'm happy to I'm not trying to tease anybody, uh, but, but but people who listen to the show probably know because we're always talking about what to watch out for. But I have a few quick hits. I've just uh, I just want to rapid fire tell you the kind of keywords that I think are are what to watch out for. You ready? Yeah, go for it. All right. I think the agenda words are going to be cronyism and control. I think every single thing that you get out of Trump or what's to come, you could write next to it, is this an act of cronyism or is this uh, an attempt at control? Every single thing, which I guess translates into power and money, um, which are the old, old, the, the staples of, of influence. Uh, okay. But here are my cronyism and control. All right. I got it. Cronyism I got it in the books. Control. So those are the agenda items. When we pay, play what's the agenda, it's always going to be one of those two things. It's like true or false, <laughs> cronyism or control. You can be able to do every single one. Okay, so here are the words. Power grid. So I think we're going to get an attack on the power grid. I think we're going to, uh, it's going to call for security and spending on the power grid. So that's going to be a big attack this year. Trucking. Right. Trucking. People are not tuned into trucking, but boy, is it in the crosshairs. It's on the forefront of total vehicle control. They really control those guys. They have surveillance devices on them. They control their hours. They are developing a driverless truck uh, retrofit. They tested one across the country already. A retrofit or a new one? 
they they, t- they tested like a uh, a driverless truck, like a beer delivery. They tested one across the country. I didn't know that, but what's interesting to me is why would you retrofit it unless you're going to roll it out fast and soon? Otherwise, you would just wait. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're taking exist the existing fleet of trucks, I mean, my brother's a trucker. I come from a long line of truckers. They put 100,000 miles on their truck every year. You could just wait for those things to dry up and fall off, but they're going to – anyway. So uh, law firms, as I said – they are. There have been articles written recently about them being subject to hacking, uh, that that can lead to criminal activity, insider trading. Your your private stuff is super vulnerable. The confidentiality is a way for crimes to happen. So watch for law firms to get uh, limitations on their confidentiality or be subject to anti encryption or whatever. Bathrooms, you're going to lose your privacy in bathrooms. I'm telling you, uh, Secret Service. I've been waiting for the other shoe to drop on the Secret Service fail that uh, and Trump added a wrinkle to that because he has his own guards. He replaces the Secret Service and uh, is using his own guards, apparently. So that seems to be foreshadowing of something bad. Also, we never got his medical stuff. I have a feeling. I mean, I would be very surprised if he doesn't have heart issues i don't i don't know why i feel that but i just did he uh, seems like he has that red like high blood pressure yeah thing going something on. seems a little bit off uh i don't know airports they're gonna throw money at the infrastructure of airports prisons they're gonna throw money at prison infrastructure maybe we'll get another jailbreak rehab centers big money at the rehab centers that opioid addiction is going to continue to dominate the news and um There'll be a lot of stories around that, maybe big stuff that maybe it'll be a veteran-related thing. Uh, I just read something that struck me. Grassroots terrorist attacks are going to be the big thing in 2017. Last year, 2016 was lone wolves. This year, it's going to be grassroots, so homegrown terrorists. Al-Qaeda is going to make a comeback. They're going to consolidate the intelligence agencies, put them under strict control, under, like, one guy so that – there's no outside power, no leaking of information. Uh, you can call it um, uh, insider threat 2.0. I think we're going to have a crackdown or a, a consolidation on that. And then the last thing is the war on cash will continue. The war on cash? Oh, okay. Yes. So is that war like Bitcoin? Cash. Is that what Bitcoin Just, is, uh, the cash? If people wonder why I don't defend Bitcoin, I really don't know much about it. But the the fact that it's allowed to exist, they would they would shut it down if it was a real threat to the monetary system of the world. My guess is yeah. it's a way uh, to make the cashless society feel like a, you know, Uber thing, feel like a gig, you know, gig event, yeah. a grassroots event, whereas Uber is like the biggest money loser of all time. Like that is a company that is highly subsidized for, I think, in anticipation of a, a major shift in how things work. So you have to kind of have some good intel before you're going to do that. Uber has grown so quickly. Yeah, because they subsidize their drivers. Yeah, it's a money-losing operation. It is a value. It is cheaper than your own car. It's a money-losing operation because I think it doesn't work when you have drivers in it. You have to replace it with driverless, and they know – that that's going to happen and the politicians are in on it or they wouldn't have let it push out the taxis in these old cities like San Francisco and New York where you could ne- – I mean those lobbies, those taxi cartels were uh, just had an iron fist on local government and they 
they just lost it for Uber. Anyway, I've written a lot about that. I know it seems like a small <laughs> matter, but now, I think the Uber stuff is interesting. It's it's like really expanding into a lot of other areas as well. It's not. I mean, it's going to go beyond just cars. I for a long time I anticipated that the delivering food or delivering packages would be the first use of driverless technology, driverless Ubers, because people don't have to get in it. Yeah, you can just if you see them enough and you experience them enough before you actually get in it. Uh, also, maybe you'll get another like Uber driver kill somebody. That, that's what I think. I think that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, in 2017, there's going to be a bad Uber accident. Yeah, we shall see. All right. Well, that's those are my quick hits, but my um, elaborate, big picture concepts uh, we do not have time for, which is fine. All right. You're going to do them on uh, on tomorrow, I guess, right? Yeah. So this is episode 20 of the Propaganda Report. We are wrapping this up. And in episode 21, I will give you my long form 10 expectations for 2017. And that wraps up our 20th episode of the Propaganda Report. We made it. We made it this far. <laughs> Too bad we couldn't get it in under the wire in 2016. But it is our first show. Is it not That's 2017? Right. Yeah, sure is. Excellent. All right, my dear. Until next time. We will see you all later. Have you had enough? The wire tab.